All right. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Hey, it's the Rebel Taxi Pizza Party Podcast. I'm Pan Pizza. Who are you people? Except I'm not. I'm Adam from, from You for a Movie Sucks, and this is Sardonicast. I lied. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Ralph from YouTube.com slash Ralph the Movie Maker. And I'm Alex from IHE, and I'm feeling pretty soulful today. Tell you what. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm Me I'm too. just I'm about you guys? feeling great. <laughs> Soulful mm. is the is the right word for how I'm feeling. <laughs> We're all very energetic and happy. So about that new Pixar movie <laughs> coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Soul. Oh, yeah! I forgot that was a thing. You just reminded me. It's called Soul. Yeah, like Korea, the capital. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could have a few different meanings. They they're making their first ever Korean film. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. That would have been a twist <laughs> if you thought it was going to be about like Yeah, the first third of the trailer was like that good part and then the second third it becomes inside out too. But then the third part they go to Korea. <laughs> they go another layer. <laughs> yeah. Enhance. Another layer of soul. And it's actually just Koreans <laughs> inside of everyone's soul. <laughs> exactly. And then the play on words would work really well. Exactly. What would you think about the trailer? Um, we went down that tirade because I don't have anything to say about it. Oh. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's so sad because, like, oh, really? the first half oh. of the trailer, I was so on board. I was like, yeah, this seems like a bit of a new direction. This actually seems like yeah, it has, it like, different. some personality, you know? And then, nope, it's it looks like it's just another inside-out thing going on. It's like, oh, this it just looks like another grounded. Pixar thing. Yeah, so like, do they want to sell merch that bad that they have to create like a little plushie so the main character just becomes like a plushie? At least buy. it's original though. I have been Is like it? upset they've been making nothing but <laughs> technically. <laughs> I've been upset these past few, past few years they've been making nothing but Incredibles 2, Monsters Inc. prequel, remake. Yeah, it was whatever. Coco at least. Coco was very good. That's probably the best thing they've made in a long time. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. probably in a while. Yeah, it's. This looks like inside out. <laughs> outside <laughs> in. Probably has the same structure. Yeah, it's a weird in. way to do it, for and sure. It probably has the same structure as like the rest of these movies that they have. Yeah. A buddy road trip kind of thing. Buddy adventure. Oh, yeah, because they have that other one coming out. What, what's what that is called? that one called? It's uh, like Onward. It doesn't I think even look it's like Onward. A, yeah, Onward. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even look like a Pixar really? movie. It looks like a Disney movie more so. I didn't hear much about that. Everybody th- is saying that that one looks like shit. I kind of... I don't know. I'm, I I might be excited for that one. <laughs> I'll give it a chance. Yeah. It looks like it could be fun. It looks like a, a different like change of pace for like a Pixar movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, it's like an adventure buddy thing, but I don't know. And the like fantasy angle, yeah, sort of like that movie, that Netflix movie, Bright. <laughs> you know, with this like the fantasy <laughs> elements in like, a real world sort of. It's... <laughs> it's like yeah, because so, they're on like a they have like a block of houses and they're all very like modern and they wear jeans and stuff, but they're like elves or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I I prefer kind of like <laughs> fantasy universes. You know, I get so bored when it's just like oh, human beings. Am I right? But, but that's what was selling me on this soul trailer though at first. I like I, I mean I yeah the way too. the film looked up until the the point where it just becomes inside out it's like wow this this could be really cool if the, if it's one of those kind of almost like woody allen like the city is a character type thing mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely the impression i was getting at first 
It is just a trailer too. It could it could mostly be that. Yeah, and we I could be over interpreting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see we'll see what's it a strange like. choice to do it that way though. I guess they gotta just release more trailers. But I mean it still might be good. I mean we we have a bit of a rep on like especially on our Reddit, like it's just Pixar hate and cool cat. That's <laughs> like the two topics. Yeah. And uh I don't, I don't like hate Pixar. Um, they just had some kind of weak output the past ten years compared to the mm-hmm. previous ten, and that's more disappointing. Because especially me, I've had such a connection to them. I grew up with those movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Same. they're all great. And now it's like either just it's they're really just trying to capitalize off them, almost nostalgia bait with some of them, and it's like kind of soulless. <laughs> soulless. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just a lot of creative people just are not <laughs> either doing the same things or working <laughs> at Pixar anymore. Do you also think though it's partially because we we recognize the Pixar formula now? You know, yeah. like it, these new kids growing up on these movies might love them the same way we would the you know the older ones. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. But I mean, like it's not just Pixar certainly has a formula, but you could you could say that that's true for like any kids movie at the same time like a a lot of these things are really formulated but still i feel as though a lot of their original works had much more of a personality you know were better written like less conveniences toy Mm. story 2 it it was like a new story it wasn't just like a recycling of the first Mm -hmm. film still cars bugs life i don't think those are great like those are the earlier ones but they had a lot of good hits in there too yeah and their duds weren't as bad like Cars Three, Cars Two, um, Good Dinosaur. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. I think Cars Two is the worst thing they've done. Good Dinosaur is so sad. It was sad that film, especially with how much I love dinosaurs. I was hyped for that one. I was like, "For real, <laughs> Pixar making a movie about dinosaurs? This is this is gonna be great." And it was like, "This is the most the most boring film." <laughs> God, yeah. it was dull. Like, was it a funny adventure any... movie? It was no, nothing. It was like a. Oh, it was a, okay. the, the, <laughs> much, it was much, the like tragedy thing, right? Didn't the like main character's like parent die and then they had to go on a journey or something? Oh, it's like oh, sort of, but with dinosaurs. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, dinosaurs and, no, with them. and no charm because it was when they first <laughs> nailed like the photorealism. So they had this strange art direction where they had like this incredibly realistic looking environment. With, oh, that like, was another trailer really that really pissed me off. Dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I had the same strange experience as the Soul trailer. The dinosaurs looked very toyish. Yeah, yeah where exactly. you first see the silhouette, probably for a reason. Yeah, it's like, oh man, they're actually gonna do something cool, and then no, it's like, yeah, it's a kids' movie. Oops, sorry. We never, we never spoke about Toy Story Four, did we? Speaking on a Pixar, yeah, I don't think I Ralph saw, saw it. it. No. Oh, yeah, I saw it reluctantly. It. I'm probably yeah, ever gonna I see it, it out of interest. Yeah. yeah. How was it? <laughs> it How wasn't was good. Forky? <laughs> yeah, tell me yeah about I didn't it. like it. It just—it was just so unnecessary to me. Like, yeah, the, you were saying about repetitive Pixar movies, like it's the fourth one, and it's like mm-hmm. it's just the same thing again. Like the themes are so basic and simple in Toy Story. Like they're, they're stretching it thin. They're stretching that thread on Woody's back pretty thin. Yeah, it's—it <laughs> was really difficult to care about anything going on. And, like, bringing back Bo Peep, spoilers, I guess. The movie's been out a while, whatever. Anybody who wants to see yeah, Toy Story 4 has, has already seen it. Bucks, so. But, like, yeah, that was... It just felt completely unnecessary. 
tons of conveniences. Like, how the f- they they just ran into each other at the same playground at that you, perfect. You know moment. what it felt like? like? Come on, it felt like those straight to DVD um, like exactly story things, like the Halloween episode, but stretched out to a, a full length. Yeah, they have much mm-hmm. higher production value. And there there are things to appreciate about the movie, for sure, mostly animation-wise. There was a, a video breaking mm-hmm. down, like, the different uh, artificial lenses being used in the film. And to some extent, if it was showing a certain character, there was a certain lens based on how they're supposed to be feeling at that moment. That's great, but it doesn't excuse yeah. the story just being really uninteresting. It doesn't oh, excuse yeah. the story just being, like, super convenient the entire time. And when I gave it... What did I rate it? Like a four on IMDb? There were people in my subreddit mm-hmm. just being like, man, you don't appreciate it enough. Here, this video is evidence. Like, I think it was the nerd writer video about the lenses. And it's like, those that, that's mm-hmm. icing, you know? Those are extra things. You have to have a good core yeah. to your film. You have to have, like, an interesting conflict. You have to have something that doesn't feel, like, fake and forced. They, they always push the, the boundaries with that stuff, with the technology. Disney mm-hmm. gives them a lot of money to do that stuff. Like, it's founded by... Pixar was founded by some of the people from Apple, right? Yep. Yeah, Steve, Steve Jobs had a big role to play. Yeah, they've always been groundbreaking. Like, even the movies they've made recently that have been so good, I think they're really impressive technically. Yeah, man. Like, Brave, I really don't like. I think it's really bland. Oh, yeah, I forgot but about But the that. hair was amazing, especially at the time. Like, what they did with hair in that. Or yeah, like it, it was like a tech demo movie. Right. Pretty much the opening scene was just... Hey, look how well we've nailed this water, <laughs> this water animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks fantastic. The cool. opening scene, like holy crap, I was really. But people also there, have to like... understand it's like a it's like a process. They've been making these movies for so long, and now they just you just get. It's cool to see the technology progress and it got better, but I don't think that makes the stories any better mm-hmm. at this point because exactly. they've been doing it for so long. It's not even impressive. These, well, yeah, like, we, leaps we're actually <laughs> we're an interesting plateau now because they are able to make it look so realistic. Where yeah. they're gonna have to start getting more creative because in ten years, when everyone's able to do this, like, it's gonna be the stories and the and the art direction they got to fall back on more than just yeah. look how realistic yeah. the water is. Kind of like stuff. everything's just procedurally generated. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. A computer can basically just do everything for you at a certain point in time. Yeah, like Gmod, but. Yeah. Making Pixar movies. Yeah, not to uh, not to delegitimize the talented animators working today, but no, hypothetically, of the real stars of all these yeah. animated movies. Yeah, that's the best yeah. part, and that's why a lot of people watch them. A lot of Disney fans just love seeing the animation. Mm-hmm. Just appreciate. Yeah, I think that. we're in the minority in terms of Toy Story Four. I think more people than not enjoyed it. Sure. So. Yeah, which is why people make those posts on our subreddit. Because it's probably yeah. very liberating to have one place on the internet where you can be a little critical of Pixar and people won't downvote you to oblivion, right? <laughs> so, of course, we're going to have people like that on our subreddit. So, Sure. Yeah, and Buzz Lightyear in that movie annoyed me a lot. I really like Buzz as a character. He's, like, my favorite one. Mm-hmm. And they like, what they did with him in Toy Story 4 was just, come on. I don't even remember He's what just they like did with him. just, like, a gag character. He was just a gag character. He had one running joke. Oh, and yeah. that was his whole like point in the film. Yeah. yeah, I remember not liking what they did with him in Toy Story 3 either. Yeah, it's that thing when you have a huge ensemble cast and you complete their arc in one or two movies, oh, so then you just have these characters like Han Solo in the third Star Wars movie where he's like, well, we've sort of completed everything to do with this character. He has no point. So you just turn them into like a gag, running gag, like comic relief type thing. So I saw this movie like, 
probably within the past two months, I think. <laughs> and I'm now just getting yeah, like same. flashbacks of like, oh yeah, all these different things that happened. Like the Keanu Reeves Canadian motorbike guy, where it was literally just like he had three scenes. One was like set up for goals, very quickly introduced and just like, mm -hmm. I want to be able to jump that thing. Next scene. Oh no, I tried jumping the thing and I didn't make it. And then at the end of the movie, I made it. I jumped the thing. And it's like, oh, it's so forced. It's so forced. You can see He's the like setup so clearly. It sounds awful. Like, oh man, that's what Keanu Reeves nothing does. else developed there. I thought Keanu Reeves was, was like a toy. Oh man. He was a toy, but he had a toy bike and he was trying to jump a thing. Oh, yeah. okay. And cool. he was, so he was like, like, yeah, he gave him like this man. whole backstory. Yeah, literally. It was just like, show it and then it's done. And nothing else about this character is there. It wasn't. It wasn't like efficient writing. It was literally just yeah, underdeveloped and like, uh, you know, it's a stupid guy. <laughs> that seemed like the Pixar formula in action to me. They were trying to make basically a plot device like sympathetic. <laughs> yeah, and they they they're so good at using music at this point. Like, so are film mm -hmm. trailers, and I I don't I don't think people realize just how manipulative music can be. Oh yeah, it's so cookie cutter. Blah, I'm gonna <laughs> say that line again. My voice is dying. <laughs> it's so cookie cutter. Oh my god! <laughs> my <voice. laughs> I was having so much fun yesterday. <laughs> it's so cookie cutter and formulated, and uh, it's it's just it's it's like a it's it's like a factory machine. It's like everything everything yeah. is on this checklist in order to get an emotional response out of people, and it doesn't feel genuine. You know, I want to watch movies where it's like it it feels like someone wants to communicate something. Disney's like remade or they've made sequels to their animated movies for a long time and that's they put them like straight to DVD or whatever but that's kind of what Toy Story 4 felt like on a mm -hmm. on a story level like we just need to give these characters something to do again I imagine the villain thing is very similar to how they've done it in the past where they make it sympathetic uh, it's just like I've seen it done before and they ended it so perfectly too uh mm -hmm. however long ago it was 2010 like, why I didn't, didn't bring enjoy it up again? the third one, but I did a lot. I think it was yeah, a I think it was a good right. cap to the series. It would have been the place to end it. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it felt like an appropriate place to stop. Yeah. I wonder if people are going to act surprised when the Toy Story Five gets announced. I wonder if people will pull the same <laughs> like, "Oh, I can't believe yeah, they're doing no, this." Not anymore. The movie That's ends over. in a very open-ended way to sort of set up where it could possibly yeah. go in the future without spoilers so it's like oh a new sort of like cinematic universe then we'll get the toy story universe now for like has got his own show on yeah right at the end i won't spoil it yeah. for anyone who hasn't oh, seen man. it but people will know what i'm talking about well right disney's got to make as much money as they can off toy story they have that park like there's a section of their park in in disney world that's like toy story got to sell tickets for that i mean it's a slam dunk marketing wise like right. just the, the merchandising alone for that franchise because like, they're they literally it. toys <laughs> yeah it's exactly. perfect <laughs> it's the same reason they keep making cars movies since the merchandise is so ridiculously popular because yeah. it's just cars and kids love little cars cars with faces on them who doesn't want that <laughs> so creepy i'm getting all these weird flashbacks to the movie like i completely forgot about it yeah i forgot about it too until just now I remember being upset when, like, uh, the the whole motivation of that uh, girl doll character, the vintage one, she's like, 
My mm. voice box is broken. She pulls out this like little plastic record thing because like her, it's so old. Like I don't understand <laughs> what's really in there. Just this like old vintage thing. She's like, "Oh yeah, if I take your voice box, it'll work with my voice." <laughs> like okay, well, oh yeah. How, how does any of that work? You're a toy from like the '90s. These parts aren't going to be compatible. It was frustrating. So rushed. And then it worked. Care. I was shocked. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it wasn't going to work. Her voice is fine after that point. <laughs> it's like how they write the straight to DVD Disney sequels, Aladdin two and three, like those kind of fucking things. Lion King two. Lion King two. Yeah, that's that was just a bad how one. they write normal movies now. That's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, it's all about marketing. It's oh. all about advertising. If you get enough hype, it doesn't yeah. really matter. You have to plug and in all the elements people IP. want to. Yeah. Recognize YP. Throwing Keanu Reeves doesn't even matter what he does. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like he's a... popular right now. <laughs> right. People made such a big story about that. I'm like, yeah, he's an actor. They had Key and Peele. <laughs> he got cast in a movie. <laughs> he's doing his job, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he got paid to be in a movie. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Did you know that actors are in movies? No way. What? If I had enough money, I could get Keanu Reeves to be in my movie. Yeah. <laughs> you could, Ralph, you could realistically get Bruce Willis in a movie, probably. Probably. Oh, Bruce Willis, oh, easily. That. I, let me see what I have in my pocket. I could fucking... <laughs> Five bucks. Get, get him some booze. Penny, yeah, yeah I'll get him some tequila. <laughs> That's all he wants. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we need to talk about this much more. Honestly, no. Yeah, yeah. We've Exhausted. been over Pixar a few wow. times on this podcast, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Leave them alone. Leave Pixar alone. Yeah, they can't take it. I'll watch. I'll, I'll probably watch uh, Onward in theaters. I probably won't watch Soul in theaters. We'll see what another trailer shows, but it just it seems like it's just going to devolve into something really annoying. I don't see any of them in theaters anymore because I don't like the audience. Of oh children yeah, yeah. I don't like children <laughs> either. I've seen a Pixar movie. Yet. No, they're very in loud. It's for a long time. Yeah, and I don't mind because it's a children's movie. I can't tell them to be quiet. They're yeah. enjoying themselves. Yeah, cool. I'm just like I am going to watch it from my house and enjoy. Have you myself. ever? Because um, mm -hmm. if if a kids movie is popular enough, they actually screen them at like the adults only theaters too like the ones where you can buy alcohol well I, I guess i could do like a late showing like they still have those i don't think kids would go or uh, as many kids would go yeah i don't They'd know playing Toy Story at 10 o'clock yeah there are ones there are ones where they serve booze and they can't get in even if it's late so <laughs> Ooh. Those are nice. okay, i'll find one of those yeah yeah um we saw a film we all saw a film in theaters we were thinking about what was in theaters we could talk about on the podcast and uh i don't know it wasn't a great idea we, we watched doctor sleep yeah. um <laughs> spoilers for doctor the sleep Shining i guess if you, if you care about it i don't think you should or a sequel it's not it's not great there's some people that like How it, I it guess, but did it do well at the box office i don't even know i don't even fucking oh, know yeah Let's i don't know check either. this out what did you think of the movie it'll probably, <laughs> probably make its this money back Doctor oh yeah, because it's based on something else. Well, um, they're, they're, yeah, that's one thing you can give props to. At least it's not called Shining, The Shining Two, or something. <laughs> or like they they hammered in a Shining story or something. Doctor Sleep, a Shining story. Forbes, why Doctor Sleep is a terrifying box office disappointment. Except Ooh, I'm not going to oh, read really? that article because it wants me to turn off my ad block. The budget couldn't have been too high. Because it's a fairly reserved movie and quite held back. The, the last section is probably the most expensive sort of yeah. uh, element of the movie, I'd say. But 
but I'm sort of with you, Adam. I I I, I struggle to call it bad to me. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's got a lot of decent individual elements, but it just doesn't come together for me. I think it's way too long. Um, I think it's kind of being torn between two worlds a little bit. So, because I I put a review on on Letterbox saying that like I, I was kind of bored and it was more. Stephen King then Kubrick which is fine like I have no problem with it being a more direct adaptation of the Doctor Sleep novel but mm-hmm. it is so deeply tied with the Kubrick movie because that was the it good was one. drawing so much from that film <laughs> yeah. where it was really distracting every time I start starting to get into the sort of thriller aspect because the film isn't really scary in in the same way um The Shining was it just kept pulling me back and forward like is this supposed to be like as intense and have like a really strong atmosphere like the original Shining because it it really didn't move the needle at all for me in terms of that kind of stuff. Like it it had some creepy kind of ideas, but it's that typical thing where when you have supernatural elements that are explained to the point that it it does in this movie, they stop being mysterious or scary in any way to me. It's a real Star Wars episode one of The Shining. It got to the goofy sort of level where they were like, "Yeah, the, oh, your steam, that, that's that's just that was whack. really funny." I can't wait to get more steam. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't that much into the steam element. I, it, yeah, it seemed like such a direct adaptation of what I'd imagine the Doctor Sleep book is like. I have no idea. I can't exactly say, but that's <laughs> that's what everyone is saying. Like in okay. my comments and when I'm reading about the film, people are saying, "Yeah, it is more King than uh, Kubrick in that sense." I mean, we've we've had just such an onslaught of Stephen King adaptations. I'm kind of getting sick of the, the sort of familiar elements of those kind of movies. Yep. Especially when they're like this kind of theme. Like, how many have we had this year alone? There's It, Chapter 2. Oh, there's yeah. Pet Cemetery. now this one. I guess <laughs> every horror movie that comes out is a Stephen King, like, novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also kind of, like, tied into a previously successful adaptation from, like, the 80s. <laughs> All three that you listed. Those are the ones that Pet did Cemetery all. in the They yeah. adapted one of his, one of his like not horror books a few years ago. Like Idris Elba was in it. It came out in August. It was like The Dark Tower. Oh yeah, that was oh, a while that, ago. Yeah, that was, that was to be like, pretty bad. I think that was Stephen King. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. But like they they tried adapting those kinds of books, and people don't connect with that it's as horror, much. Man. They li- they like horror. Yeah, they like it. They like The Shining. I don't think anything about this movie works on its own. The only stuff I was interested in was the connections to The Shining. Like, uh, the the whole opening I thought was pretty interesting with, with Danny and the Shelley Duvall impersonator. But <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy the any of the, like, new stuff on its own at all. Yeah. Did either of you watch uh, The Haunting of Hill House? No. Same director. No, no I didn't. A lot of people yeah, really loved guy, that. This guy, what else did he direct? Hush? He did Gerald's he Game, Hush. which Gerald's I was a big game. fan of. I know you okay. guys didn't, didn't like as much. Yeah, I don't I really like that one. I don't know if I saw I don't, that. How Gerald's you feel game? about Adam Wingard, Adam? That's how I kind of feel about this guy. Okay. Adam Wingard's the guy who did The Guest, right? Yeah. And those... Yeah. yeah that's yeah. how I feel about this guy. I don't like his movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like Gerald's Game. I don't like Hush. I think they're both not scary. And I like this, I just didn't connect with anything in it. The cinematography was pretty good, but that's just because they were trying to mimic the Kubrick movie. If they weren't trying mm-hmm. to do that gimmick, it probably would have just been shot like a normal horror movie that you'd see like in theaters. Haunting of Hill House looked similar, I would say, like cinematography-wise. There's actually one episode in Haunting of Hill House that has like say. fantastic cinematography. 
but I, I, I have I a lot of I didn't see that movie. So. I have a lot of issues with that show and a lot of issues with mm-hmm. this movie. Oh, shot. Kind of in opposite ways. The Hunting of Hill House was something where it was ten hours long. And it was a story that should have been told in two hours. And honestly, like, if you made a fan edit of that show, you'd have something great. But on its own, I, I found it to be a very frustrating experience, just blue-balling right. the entire time. Whereas this movie, <laughs> I found, probably would have worked better as a miniseries. I feel like if you're going to have this I could see universe that. with, you know, like, oh, everybody's shining and blah, blah, blah. And they each have different powers. And, you know, there's a lot that you could fit in there. And yeah. from a production Especially quality like how standpoint, all over the place it is. It, it also kind of felt like a modern television miniseries. Mm-hmm. Felt long enough to be one. Yeah, tonally it would have worked better if it was longer. Like it has all these horror and thriller elements. So kind of would have they would have had more time to flesh it out. Yeah, if they had more time. Yeah, but they didn't. So there's like there's like shootouts like in the movie. I was like, what the fuck? I thought I was watching a horror movie, and then it like becomes that, yeah. yeah, it's I mean, crazy. There's like <laughs> ten of these characters that we don't know anything about, and they're literally yeah. just there to add to the amount of people that are trying to kill this little girl. And it's like, oh no, there's a big conflict because there's so many of them, and they're so powerful, and then they all die in the same scene. And we didn't learn anything about them really. It was only the one girl that kind of got developed barely. You know, if it was a yeah. miniseries, you could explore these things further. You could have different concepts, you know, different ideas at play with, like, how they would be living in this world and, you know, what they'd be doing. I, f- I feel like you could turn this into something that would be, like, six hours long and it would probably be better. Yeah. For yeah. me, the the... I liked the idea of exploring the kid character from The Shining with an actor as good as Ewan McGregor and all the issues he's had. Like he starts the movie and it's like, oh, that he's a really flawed character and he's clearly got a lot to kind of get over mm-hmm. like in his arc. And they, they start and it's going a certain direction and then the middle of the movie happens and he doesn't really like get much development and he isn't really that important particularly. He kind of shifts over to the, the young girl more as a, almost more of a protagonist yeah. for a while. And then he does get a, a wrap-up towards the end when he goes back to the house, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But there just wasn't much to it, despite how long the film was. I didn't feel like I really got inside the character's head beyond the most surface-level you know, sort of storytelling at the beginning. Which And, and yeah. that, that, to me, could have been the interesting element. Cause, and, and, and they just didn't explore him enough to me. Like, I don't care about all these kids and stuff. I, if, if you're going to use your, your connection to the original movie to get me invested... Like, uh, I will be inherently more invested in that kid because you remember him from the original. And it isn't just banking on you. Reckon- He's not going around on like a, a motorbike with three wheels. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not like it's not that level, but they do just drop the ball and that kind of stuff. And, and that could be because of the novel. Uh, I really don't know. But they chose it's so such a like plot heavy movie. And they spend so much time developing these villains. And I don't know how you guys felt about the villains, but the amount of development they got I know a lot of people are enjoying that aspect of it, but to me, made them much less frightening to me. I didn't like learning that much about them. To me, that yeah. was like yeah, that, not interesting or important point. to the story. Like, yeah. like it's obvious to me that like that as soon as you find out they're basically steam vampires, <laughs> then it's like okay, and they need the steam to stay alive or whatever. <laughs> okay, like that. That's all I need. I understand. Like, let's go back to the main character. Let's learn more about him and his like struggle with these weird powers and everything that he has. Because that's what's so good about the original Shining. Like, it doesn't sit around explaining all of these concepts like like it's more of a superhero movie than 
uh, atmospheric thriller. Like it, it just didn't really work for me, and it just I was just as it went on, it just kept losing me more and more because it's just nothing really that engaging to me that was happening. I wasn't frightened. The characters were they were just stuck in one place for a long time. Nothing was really developing that interesting. I I didn't really enjoy the performance of um, the Rebecca Ferguson. Um, yeah, she really didn't work. She for was me. so annoying. I thought she was a little over the top. Yeah, really over the top. She's the one really with the hat, right? Sort of hot topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she's a good actor too. Like I've always yeah, liked is. her in movies. She is. That's why she I was is. Shocked. So I was extra disappointed. She was doing uh-huh. this weird accent that was going in and out. Like sometimes she was a bit Irish. She wasn't intimidating. She was and it was no. She no, was like she's just a comical evil. Yeah. The moment the movie lost me in terms of um, anything like frightening was. Do you remember the CG baby like cry or scream or something? Yeah. I can't remember the exact, it's sort of early on in the movie. Mm. Um, I can't remember if it's a dream sequence or something, but there is like a weird CG baby. <laughs> just like in his bed or something. And oh, I was yeah. like, that looked bad and like didn't hit the way I think it was intending. Mm-hmm. And I'm really not scared. Nothing hit. So- <laughs> the only things that hit were when they just inserted things from The Shining into the movie. Oh, it's the elevator with the blood. They go I back didn't to the find hotel. those parts that, that to be oh, piss working at all, honestly. No. Those parts were reminded me of Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah. I think Ready Player <laughs> One did a better job like at laughing. being The Shining than this film did. Well, it's like uh, a total parody. Sense I mean. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the opening, they were doing the same thing again with the where Danny's like driving his bike and there's the carpet and there's like the, the mute sound and then it hits the wood and it makes the... Like, they just copy all these same things that are supposed to fuck with you from The Shining, and it doesn't work this time. Yeah. Because, like, they've already been parodied and done to death. Like, we all know these tricks. Yeah. It's not, it's it's just really not scary. I don't know what I was supposed to get out of this. <laughs> the Honestly. final act of the movie only really works if you've seen the original Shining or have read this book, I assume, or the original books, because like, mm-hmm. all the characters that show up they're not really explained or or set up in the movie like in that that last shot where yeah where they kind of crowd around um the villain character to finally defeat her like it's all just like references to the original and and yes that makes sense because they're in the original movie and everything but it's like it's it's strange considering the fact that it is trying to it's my biggest issue it's trying to distance itself from the original and try something new but at the same time fall back on it so hard Mm -hmm. yeah because at that shootout, I was like, okay, so it's, it is doing something completely different. And then the, right after the shootout, they just go back to the Shining House. And it was like, <laughs> yes, this makes sense for this character in terms of like completing his story, his arc, and like overcoming his um, faults in a way and coming to terms with himself. And that's another underused like aspect of like the steam vampires. They're like addicted to steam mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, Ewan McGregor's dealt with like his various addictions and whatnot. Like that should have been the the heart of the movie to me, exploring that a bit more and that sort of parallel between the the villains and him, or so- something like something like that, something more than than what happened in the film. Because like I don't know, I, I don't want to sound like <laughs> so hyper negative because people are enjoying this movie. Like this is one of those ones where people are enjoying it way more than um like the meta score or the the things dictate. Sure. Like on that level. So I want to like be clear about because there were things I did like. Apparently, I missed like the best sequence in the movie because I needed to pee where there's where um, Rebecca Ferguson's lying on like the top of the bus. Oh. and She like dream something's over to 
Yeah, and when... only saw the very end of it. So okay, when she got her hand fucked up, she like flies through space. Or yeah, something? that was a good. Yeah, scene. I mean, it has its moments. It was um, kind like of it's a cut above like Countdown or like some god awful horror movie that's released in theaters. There is some artistry to it. It's yeah. just really bland. I think the bar is pretty low I, I for horror movies. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. I know a but lot of people get upset anymore, when really, I say that. Because like recently, it's just I've seen so many good horror films from like A twenty four. You're talking about though A twenty four, but just it follows too. Babadook. I, mean, that's a long I mean, time it ago. follows was also A twenty four. Yeah, was it really? <laughs> I don't think it was. I thought it was. It wasn't really. I don't think it might I, not be. Well, I don't know. I guess someone on Reddit will let us know. I know A two four did uh, his next movie. Which they didn't release. Yeah. <laughs> <But> Oops. <laughs> whatever. But like, I, it's just, we should not be expecting something this bad at this point. Yeah. We've had great horror movies this year. Even if you want to count The Lighthouse, which is like a crazy psychological avant-garde horror movie. <laughs> when I said that, when I was saying that though, that about it not being a horror movie, like people got all angry at me. They're like saying, well, okay, then treat it for what it is. It's a thriller. Treat it like a thriller. But it's like, what? you're clearly trying to scare me. There are multiple points where it's, it's a horror framed thriller. in a way. There's lots where it's of trying jump to scare scares. you. And it's based on, <laughs> the, the, it's a sequel to The Shining movie, at least in part. And that film is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so it, it, it has, it's creepy at the very least. It has a, a really memorable feeling about it. It's uneasy. It makes it's all wrong, like intentionally, in the best way possible for yeah. horror. And if they tried to channel it here, I don't think they really achieved it. It's it's frustrating because it's a film that is simultaneously trying to capitalize off of the original Kubrick film, while mm-hmm. ignoring everything that made it work so well. Like, there's way too much in it that's just, like, editing choices are way too, like, modernized, kind of, like, jump scary and, like, really cheesy, manipulative mm-hmm. music and, like, the effects don't look great. I mean, like, they, they would be more passable for a miniseries, which is another reason why <laughs> I think it would have worked better in that sense. Like, people are more forgiving to, to those sorts of things when it's not, like, a movie yeah. in theaters. You know, whenever they were stealing the steam off of people, that never looked real. It was always like, oh, computer effect, you know, like it was it was just really annoying. I think just conceptually, there's something so goofy about that as well. Oh, yeah. It looked so mm-hmm. silly. It is a it super fiends. villain like backstory. It was more of a superhero <laughs> movie than like a horror movie to me. It was. It was yeah. like, like an X-Men movie. Yeah, it kind of seemed like that at points for sure. Yeah, it was very frustrating. I don't like how the characters were really, really, really stupid in ways that only existed to advance the plot. Like, there's no reason why that little girl should have been at her home while they were doing the second <laughs> the second decoy yeah, thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, the whole second half of the movie dad, wouldn't right? even happen. Why are you there when the movie has already explicitly stated that they know where you live? They found you there before. <laughs> And now you're just hanging out at your home, probably with the door unlocked, based on how it was how it was shown. Your dad died. Now you're kidnapped. There were four of you that came up with this plan. You could have just rented a hotel. What's your hotel, deal? Police station. She could have gone to a police station. Anywhere. There. Literally anywhere else. These crazy people are trying to chase me and kill me. Well, anywhere weird else. little quirks where, like, they sort of Dark Knight rised it, where the 
other alcoholic character who's like recovered when he first meets you mcgregor he's like yeah i know i know i know you just yeah. looking at you i know everything about you come on come stay here i'll give you this like you can you can i'll, I'll vouch for you you can you can yeah. rent this place where i also live i said what, what? i thought that was going to be <laughs> i thought it was going to be reveal that he was he had the shine as well or something and that would have like sort of explained that a bit, like if he could like sense it or something like that. That's what I was expecting. It was like, oh no, I guess he could just read that he's an alcoholic and he relates to that. So no, I think maybe whatever. he had a little bit, like they were saying earlier, because they're like, yo, everybody has a tiny bit of the shining or something. You know, you 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 just have a really lucky day. Most people just think right. they're lucky, but in reality, yeah. it's like a tiny bit of the shining. Some people have more shining than others. Even McGregor yeah. drank so much apparently that his shining is not as good as it used to be. Oh, it's like did they reference yeah. that? Yeah, it was like numbed. You can, <laughs> like, what yeah, the fuck is going that's on part with this? Story as well, it's not it? scary numb, when you do that. They numb the kid. Yeah. When she's like been kidnapped so she can't like communicate. Exactly. Yeah. I found it to be barely below the bar for what I would enjoy pretty much the whole movie. And then at the end it was just a gigantic clusterfuck. The last half hour was literally just remember the shining. <laughs> it was, was so really frustrating every like single scene. Where they where they uh when he was walking past the door that like Jack Nicholson did the hey, here's Johnny thing at and they <laughs> showed the clip. Just like, oh yeah, remember? Yeah. They just, just took like, it way uh... too far. And it was a jump scare too. It was like a jump scare flashback. Yeah. The whole following him up the stairs. Like, what the hell? Yeah. So that setting the whole is, thing again. That setting does all the work for you. It's a creepy ass place. So I was really expecting if they were going to go back there to show us something new there, you know, not just remind us of everything that happened. Because that's that's what I was really anticipating was like, okay, this director, he, I I really liked like uh, Gerald's game, whatever it was called. I thought that because I'm quite easy to scare, so it's amazing this film didn't scare me in any way. And I thought that film had some like really creepy elements of like the like bottle movie type, uh, mm. like that kind of thing going on. And I thought maybe I'd see some waves of that in in the movie. But by the time it got there, it, it fully lost me because it it was just, hey, it's the blood elevator. Hey, it's the twins. <laughs> hey, it's the why why does why is the film so obsessed with the. Uh, the old lady in the in the, in the bath because it's an iconic scene and they have to spam it, it ends to death now with the same music the same fucking credit music even yeah the yeah. midnight stars and you it's just like nothing it does it does on its own yeah completely reliant <laughs> it's so, it's off so of annoying. a better film yeah no but it's not it's not horror it's a thriller so <laughs> it doesn't really matter so either way it's, it doesn't work it's not well thrilling either. either in my opinion you're right. Super cheesy. Super, super cheesy the entire time. Yeah, Very not, difficult not to take subtlety. things seriously. Yeah, you say that the, the villain characters had too much screen time. I still don't feel like they were really properly developed, most of them. it was They, they just got a lot of screen time. It, it, yeah. Especially the one saying, yeah. lead villain. And all these other characters, like, I don't know anything about you. Really. The one girl who says she's 15 but looks like she's 30... Like we got a little bit yeah. of that, but that's about it. But their motivation is such a like tired. Really, we're doing this again. Like the the villain who wants to live forever, like eternal type thing. 
That's why I say if it, if it reeled back and made it more so you sort of had to read into why they were doing this stuff and they we weren't constantly always seeing them and they were like kidnapping kids and you didn't really see it as often. That to me would be way more frightening because the mind is what makes these horror films scary. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It comes at night. It's 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 what I'm looking for from horror. That even the original sign, Shining to it to an extent, like it, it it doesn't make you scream every five seconds. It just you're unsettled. You you don't know like what's around the corner, and you and and, and when you are shown something, it's just off enough. Like the mm-hmm. the creepiest thing in that movie to me is that weird like that they're in masks and like giving him a suck job in like one of the rooms. It's just like oh yeah, it's so party. creepy and weird. <laughs> Yeah. That stuck in my fucking brain as a kid. <laughs> yeah, because it, it is disturbing. Yeah. And there isn't anything disturbing about sucking steam out of people and flying around <laughs> in dreams and shit. Like, it's, it is corny. Now that I think of it, I feel like these villains, especially the main villain, probably would have fit perfectly in the 2019 Hellboy remake. I feel, I feel like they fit oh, yeah. better there than in The Shining, you know? It's like almost contradictory <laughs> yeah. when you're when you're trying to capitalize off of the Kubrick movie. I don't know if either you saw the shitty uh, miniseries in the '90s, The Shining. No, no this no. film is better than that. That's the one more accurate. <laughs> it's god awful. Okay. <laughs> uh, it it seems better it's than that. So yeah. bad, very. This boring is still film. a cut above really bad horror movies. Yeah. So I can see why some people like it. There's some value to it here and there. Yeah, absolutely. And all the parts where they were just copying The Shining, those were pretty good. They did a good job. Yeah. I didn't like that. I re- yeah, that me neither. I, I mean, technically, I mean, those parts pissed me like, off the most. They just they did an accurate job replicating the movie. They got the carpet pretty accurate. They got the, the doors <laughs> like it looked good. Some, it's just some at, extent, at service yeah. of nothing. Yeah, it's at service of we need to sell this movie because the actual movie. It doesn't work on yeah. its own. It, it just, it, <laughs> so just keep cutting to The Shining. It's like the horror equivalent of reference humor in those Friedberg seltzer movies or whatever. Exactly. It's just like, mm. remember this? It's just a reference. Like, you're not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when they're slowly walking anymore, up the stairs, I was just like, Because we've seen Treehouse of Horror. And like, yeah, we've seen all these things before. It's not scary anymore. It's like poetry. It rhymes. That's why they do it. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. George. Georgie boy. <laughs> All right, what would you, what would you guys give it out of ten? I think I'm done talking yeah, about brutal. this. <laughs> two out of five. Yeah, I give it the same. Two out of five. No, I gave it a three. Oh wait, but you, the yours is a four. Never mind. I'm so tired. You gave it three out of ten. Yeah, right? three out of ten. Where is it? Yeah, yeah, so mine's lower. <laughs> I'm so yeah. tired. It was a four for most of the movie, but then the last half hour brought it down a point. Yeah, I was like that too. Like I was between a two and a three, but the yeah, last I'm, third, I was like, okay, I, I, there's no way I can recommend this. Yeah, like yeah, I it got so that. bad. <laughs> I was wondering if part of the issue was that um, what's the director's name again? Mike Flanagan. Yes. Um, he edited the movie, didn't he? As well, it might mm. have improved the movie if someone else edited it and was more brutal with some of the unnecessary, um, mm. like expansions in the in the film that could have yeah. just been cut out. And like, why why was that? That char- that side character who was also like an ex-alcoholic or whatever. Why was he in it so much? Like, what was the purpose aside from the flat thing? Because he just gets killed, and there's no really emotional gut punch to that. It, it, it's not effective particularly. It's just yeah. like you McGregor's like, oh, I guess he's dead now. That's convenient. Now <laughs> I can go to the Shining House and not have someone helping me. Yeah, he, it, there was a lot of it. Just seemed unnecessary. 
Just pick, yeah. pick, pick one. Either do your own thing or do The Shining. Either make a mini series and explore everything thoroughly, or cut it down to make it a acceptable movie length with good pacing. It was just in between yeah. on all these different aspects, and mm -hmm. didn't work great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're pretty much all on the same page. Yeah, I guess we do our uh, movie recommendation thing, Alex. Right. Yeah, so I recommended Naked Lunch, 1991's Naked Lunch, directed by David Cronenberg. And I feel like a lot of the movies I wind up having to explain the plot of also <laughs> happen to be <laughs> like the most crazy, bizarre uh, things of all time. I'll do, my, I'll do my best. So You recommended it this time. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah, true. No, but uh, So the main character is Peter Weller, who Robocop gets addicted to... Um, well, he's a bug, uh, an exterminator, and mm. uh, he gets addicted to the substance um, that he exterminates bugs with, which um, sort of makes him hallucinate um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, aliens. And uh, his typewriter starts talking to him, and it's like an insect with a with like an ass that talks. And he sort of goes country to country. Uh, he, he kills his wife by accident, and uh, he's he is kind of dictating this uh, this character's descent into madness um from what is a clear allegory for um crazy drug use because that's most of the plot to be honest like it, <laughs> you just have to watch it it's one of those like mm -hmm. it, it's not like super plot heavy it's very very strange because this is based on a very famous novel very very famously controversial novel mm -hmm. after after i watched the film i was like yeah okay i, I really enjoyed that but I gotta be honest, didn't fully understand or really get what was happening there. And then you start reading about the movie if you're interested in that sort of thing. And I watched that documentary. Um, I forgot to note down what it was called. Burroughs um, the movie. The, yeah, Burroughs the movie. Yeah, that that was the writer um, of the original novel. And you you kind of figure out that the film is semi uh, autobiographical. Mm. God, I'm really <laughs> losing it today. We're all fucking um, it's, it's, done. Yeah, we're just yeah, we're, all, we're all about to die, <laughs> and, and having to describe this movie as well is yeah. just like <laughs> autobiographical. <laughs> but yeah, autobiographical um, sort of story about what the the writer of the novel was kind of going through and doing at the time. He he was traveling around the world. He 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 really did kill his wife. That was insane <laughs> like that, for me to find out. After that the actually fact. happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> so no yeah, that was and it adds so much context to the movie. It adds so much sort of depth to the movie to me anyway, which which led to me kind of falling in love with it um, mm -hmm. after reading everything about it. So what did, what did we think about it? I had no idea what to make of it. <laughs> oh really? So you go ahead Adam. Yeah. Well, I I, I, I liked it a lot uh, by the end of it. I did enjoy it, but like like your reaction the first time alex i was like what the fuck was that and it's entertaining yeah it's definitely entertaining and upon further research and yeah i even watching it the first time i picked up on that like meta level with the author i'm like is this about the author as much as it is about this character and and what he's going through and yeah that that totally worked for me very entertaining but yeah adam you go on <laughs> i i loved it throughout to be honest, I yeah. I don't think that there was any point yeah, that I maybe. wasn't really on board with it. Um, but I I was aware that this was pretty much just an autobiographical take on you know addiction, drug use, etc. 
from this writer who I already knew was like a heroin addict. <laughs> right, yeah. And so this... this uh, And much more, too. Oh, yeah. And this the book coming out in the 50s, obviously very controversial. It apparently got banned in several states and countries for violating sodomy mm -hmm. laws or something. <laughs> like, Yeah, it was held to trial. Yeah. Huge insanity trial. I I wasn't aware that the uh, the <laughs> accidentally killing his wife thing was was real. So that was a gigantic surprise uh, after watching yeah. the film. I feel like uh, the Criterion Special Features actually provided more information about this writer than the Burroughs the movie <laughs> documentary did. That seemed like something yeah. kind of like more for the fans of his work. Yeah, I didn't get that much out of it because I already read his whole like wiki mm -hmm. and the movie's wiki and the book's wiki. So watching the film or the documentary, I didn't get that much more out of it, as you say. Yeah. yeah. With you. There's a lot that I love about this movie. It's it's It, it kind of has vibes uh, similar to, ah, uh, oh, what's that movie? Scanner Darkly, I felt, yeah. in terms of how right, it's presented. Yeah, yeah I, I, really, I really love movies that deal with these kinds of losing your mind insanity addiction kind of mm. themes and i love how many different things you can do with it it's never going to have any kind of like typical structure and i think that would probably be off-putting to a lot of people if they're expecting like oh i'm watching a movie it's like well, you are but it's more <laughs> experimental i guess in that sense like you're not supposed to have the same sort of beats or like satisfying payoffs or conclusions that a mm -hmm. typical story would have yeah because burroughs when he wrote the novel he wrote it in such a way where you he intended so that you can read it yep you can read the chapters in any order which is a bizarre mm -hmm. concept and a crazy out there idea and of course like adapting that kind of novel into a movie is an insane task it was thought to be impossible yeah man he said yeah. it would be done yeah it was like watchmen it's like on that yeah. list. But in under two hours, I think David Cronenberg did it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I think it might be my uh, favorite Cronenberg, to be honest. Mm. I don't know how you guys feel about I that. Loved, I, I had a feeling you'd like puppets, it. I love the puppets, the actual typewriter, and the they giant so alien he would talk to, to. Yeah. And genuinely disgusting, too, in Cronenberg fashion. Like, that yeah. the asshole was so <laughs> disgusting to look at. And funny, too. There's, like, this sick sense it, of humor to it. it was a funny but it's also film, disgusting. Yeah, and he's, like, rubbing this fucking powder on it. It's like, oh, yeah. Rub it on my lips. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and funny. they kept saying, it must be done real tasty. Like, <laughs> just really strange dialogue like that. Yeah, but it's it very works. charming. I love these funny. kinds of, uh, like, the main characters losing his mind, drug-related movies. I feel like a lot of the uh, kind of, like, setups and payoffs, like these little tiny callbacks to really subtle things, are, are parts of those movies that I really enjoy, like... Um, you know, he notices that his wife says the same thing as the, the cockroach, or they have mm -hmm. certain yeah. references to, I guess, places that are referenced a few times in the film. Like, there's these tiny little, I guess, seeds that are being planted where something seems familiar and you're not exactly sure why sometimes, or almost conspiratorial elements where, where yeah. there's these things connecting and... You don't know why, but it kind of implies this sense of significance to it. Mm -hmm. Makes it a bit more like eerie and sort of alluring. Angle. Yeah, 
Yeah, because he's just he's just totally losing his mind. Like he, he has no idea what's going on, and he's convincing himself through these these like conspiratorial superstitious events, like the that scene where he finds the like pubic hair and nails buried in a plant pot. There's like loads of weird specific little details like that yeah. that are like they're dreamlike details where it's something that would happen in a, in a dream or on like a weird trip or a drug experience where you're just like this is so this is so specific this is so like coming from a, a place like that that mm-hmm. it really does drive that just insanity that the main character is going through and i loved his like deadpan delivery for the mo- for most of the movie yeah he was every such line an interesting was character to me perfect for the tone especially because of the setting yeah. Because it's set in the fifties, they yeah. they have a certain cadence the way they speak, and he was like, he he reminded me a lot of um, it was a Sardonicast recommended movie actually, the Coen Brothers one where he's a, man ha- a hairdresser, there. yeah, the oh, man who yeah. wasn't there, Billy Bob, yeah, Billy Bob Thornton in that movie, it was a similar sort of character archetype, were quite quiet, a bit sort of witty in the responses, very very dry, yeah, I really enjoyed his performance, and 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 he did have moments of like vulnerability and. Yeah, some expressive sort of uh, horrible things to um, act to, mm-hmm. to add a bit of range to his character. I really loved the uh, vocabulary in this movie. Exactly, yeah. I feel like it's it's one of those films where even if I didn't know it was based off of a book, I would probably <laughs> I would probably infer that just by the the vocabulary of the film. It it is a movie that's you know not just about drugs, but it's also about writing. You know, it's very, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of like introspective when it's, very I guess, much. in terms of it being autobiographical. And I'm not, you know, I would have to watch it a few more times to get everything that it's trying to say, I guess. But it did really connect with me in a lot of ways that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I definitely got a lot out of a first watch for this movie. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's the kind of thing where you can see how a film adaptation could just fall flat on its face. Like, I think of something like Cloud Atlas. Do you remember that movie? Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Like, where the novel is just known as this, like, just expansive, like, no one can adapt this, and the movie, like, really didn't live up to it. But here, they're creative enough, the pacing is quick enough, the scenes are interesting enough, the setups are good enough, the puppets are amazing, and they do the really interesting creative things. Like, there's that scene where... Ian Holm is walking around Bilbo. with the main character, and yeah, Bilbo is walking around, <laughs> and I was noticing his his audio isn't matching up with his mouth right now. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it became part of the story though, yeah. that that was actually happening from the main character's perspective, and I was like, "That's so clever! <laughs> I really love details like that because it's like a it's a payoff for people who are paying attention." Mm-hmm. Like, I was really watching it. I was like, "But I, I might have to note this down that the ADR wasn't very good here, or whatever." But it was actually like part of it, and I thought, "Yeah, that was the really film's." Cool basically fucking with you which is great yeah because it yes, really puts you into the mind of the main yeah. character where everything's fucking He's with him or crazy. at least he feels that way yeah i love the color palette of the movie lots of mm. uh like weird yellow kind of color and then yeah, dark green orange and then yeah when he yeah. leaves the country at the end the color palette completely changes and like that's all you need yeah. to know that's all the information you need to understand that he's in a different place, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I was actually impressed by some of the scope of the production at certain points, considering estimated budget of only about sixteen million, so fairly small. And the film was a dud financially. Mm-hmm. And I went to see it, like, surprise, surprise. But <laughs> that doesn't really matter. That doesn't How really do you market the film's it? Quality, but 
Yeah, like that. There's the specific moment where they had all the mugwump alien characters all kind of hung upside down, being milked. Like, and, yeah. and there's like a wide shot where you see Jism. so many of them. And I was like, wow, they they really put the attention to detail in there with that. Yeah, and that was a disturbing, disturbing moment. I just I love those creatures. I thought the scenes where uh, the main characters communicating with them were you you didn't even doubt for a second that he was talking to another character like with a just the detail in those animatronics with like the hand and the way the hands move and all the different motion in the huge puppet it was very impressive to me just just even on that level alone mm-hmm. just just to like explain how out there the author of the book was like this guy he like believed in magic and stuff Oh, I like, didn't there's know a that. whole section on his wiki oh. about his magical beliefs. So I'll read you a little bit of it. It's, it, it was like, th- this This <laughs> is just, do. this is something else. So Burroughs had a long-standing preoccupation with magic and the occult, dating from his earliest childhood, and was insistent throughout his life that we live in a magical universe, as he himself explained. <laughs> Get this. In the magical universe, there are no coincidences and there are no accidents. Nothing happens unless someone wills it to happen. The dogma of science is that the will cannot possibly affect external forces, and I think that's just ridiculous. It's as bad as the church. My viewpoint is the exact contrary of the scientific viewpoint. I believe that if you run into somebody in the street, it's for a reason. Among primitive people, they say that if someone was bitten by a snake, he was murdered. I believe that. Hmm. A little bit more. Since the word magic tends to cause confused thinking, I would like to say exactly what I mean by magic and the magical interpretation of so-called reality. The underlying assumption of magic is that the assertion of will as the primary moving force in the universe, the deep conviction that nothing happens unless somebody or some being wills it to happen. To me, this has always seemed self-evident. From the viewpoint of magic, no death, no illness, no misfortune, accident, war or riot is accidental. There are no accidents in the world of magic. So this guy, Whoa. he was a character, at the very least. Yeah. Sounds like a drug addict to me. <laughs> <laughs> Too much well, yeah. fucking hippie. And in that documentary, there are tons of clips of him just like monologuing and reading excerpts from his book. And it, he has conviction, I'll give him that. Like, mm-hmm. it, And the, the ideas he was coming up with were very lofty and strange like that. But it also it just it makes it it makes it make so much more sense like the the film yeah um, when you find out all of this um, about the writer it, it really does add a lot. I was imagining if if this wasn't based on a book and this film was just standalone, if it would work as well. It's almost like a solo where the context <laughs> is so important to it working. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he's quite an interesting character for sure. <laughs> The movie yeah, is yeah. an interesting character as well. I, I think it's great that Cronenberg captured just how much personality there is. And it really feels like, you know, you, you watch the movie and then you watch the guy's interviews and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really and it seemed true through. to the, the original kind of story. It didn't try to spin it in any sort of, you know, like manipulative way. It was just very... Like it was, it was Cronenberg's voice, but it was still seemed very true to the essence of what made the original story mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah, he's always been great with practical effects and animatronics. Like those mm-hmm. things are really, yeah. really well suited for this film. They all work really, really well. I, I love the part in the movie when he crushes the bug with the shoe. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. At least like the slimy. 
with just excellent effects Tons you know, all of around. Great effects. And it was cool too cuz this is not like it's just not that kind of movie. It's like a drama noir like mostly just dialogue and characters interacting and it has like these crazy effects and moments like that that are so goofy. It really helps with the pacing and kept me invested in it. Really it really helps, yeah. Yeah. It keeps it entertaining. What's really sad is you you see a director like this that has so much experience with practical effects and then in some of their more recent films like Maps to the Stars somebody gets lit on fire next to a swimming pool and they use CG fire and it looked terrible like fi fire has been perfected <laughs> in CG for a long time <laughs> right like the fire looked pretty convincing in the Hills Have Eyes remake in like 2004 Maps to the Stars was like 2015 and it looked terrible the guys mm -hmm. next to a pool just do it practically Get a stunt double. You can't tell who it is anyway. It's like what you're this director yeah, from the 80s cheaper. that did everything practically. Is it really cheaper to to make CG fire than yeah, to just get somebody some random well. stunt double to be like, okay, I'll be lit on fire for like two seconds yeah, and then just jump into the pool. Cheaper. I don't know. It's it looks like laziness shit. too. It really, like, it uh, really felt like waste, laziness. Why would we waste our time shooting yeah, a quicker. guy on fire? Yeah. George Lucas <laughs> is not the point of the story. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's what was so impressive to me about the variation of the puppetry as well, because like even when they had multiple puppets for the the like main typewriter creature. Oh yeah, insect, they had like thirteen of the them. Part where yeah. yeah, and there's the 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 part where the typewriter is kind of joined in on its head and he's typing on its head, and that's like a separate puppet to the one earlier. And there's like <laughs> yeah. there's so many different little details, and that weird thing that looks straight out of like a Geiger painting that was like mm. humping the the hump yeah spine, the fuck <laughs> it, it reminded me of a face hugger yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah this is the type of movie where i would almost be expecting it to get really repetitive but i found it mm -hmm. pretty entertaining throughout like i never really knew where it was going and you know the variation of all these different practical effects like those were in the movie frequently enough and they didn't just do the same thing over and over with them, that it really helped my experience. Yeah, and the dialogue is is very good. Oh, yeah. It's a really memorable The dialogue's mm -hmm. great. Moments. I kind of had that repetitive experience with it, but I think it's because oh, I really? saw it. This is just my first time seeing it, too. I literally mm. just watched it, no reading anything okay. or yeah. afterward. I just want to experience what it's like not knowing anything. And mm -hmm. yeah, I literally had no idea what the fuck to make of it, <laughs> so <laughs> which is understandable. Yeah, but maybe upon it's further totally. viewings, like now that I know what it is, it, it would help. I think it is <laughs> beneficial to know a little bit about the writer before watching it, like what oh, kind yeah. of movie it's but just, trying to I, be. I heard how crazy it was. Yeah. It's like let's get a fresh perspective. Let's look up nothing. And then 15 minutes in, fucking bug typewriters. It's like, all right. <laughs> I don't know what's going strap on. Strap in, boys. <laughs> yeah, you got a butthole in. roach. <laughs> yeah, there's... Um, on one of the special features, they were talking about how... Um, I think it was actually uh, Cronenberg making this uh, analogy. Talking about how the uh, talking asshole, like not just the practical effect, but like the <laughs> monologue about the talking asshole is supposed to be reflective of like kind of like two halves of the same mind in terms of like what is socially permissible and acceptable to say versus what is grotesque and true like this you know almost yeah. like the right, yeah, devil yeah. on your shoulder yeah, kind of thing or like an internal mm -hmm. monologue internal struggle yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's a lot a lot to read in too about this movie well, i saw a great description of what this movie is i saw it described as a, a head movie 
sort of like a racer head. Not, you know, like a racer head. It, it, it just happens to have head in the title. But yeah, <laughs> it's 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 all it's all seemingly you know within someone. It's it's personifying someone's yeah. sort of like it's allegorical. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the setting and all of it is is like just to kind of ground you in mm-hmm. the themes mm-hmm. it's exploring. It's not really really happening <laughs> mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, that is a cool that is a cool way to look at it, and I definitely got that from it too. What did you think of the music? Loved it. It's great. Yeah. Really mm. sax heavy, really chaotic. Yeah, I love the opening credits too. Like the, the just the design of them. Yeah. It's like really creative. Howard Shore. Oh yeah, yeah. I know the score. Mm-hmm. And then they just did got some sax job. soloist to play over a bunch of it. Worked really well. Oh, the really? Sax That's in particular. They did. Yeah. Okay. Really added to that just chaotic tone of it. Yeah, and it, also it, kind it of like really, the like, noirish comfortable elements too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because like it would be like, almost like a fifties, like, like yeah, like a noir, like rundown, mm-hmm. like that. Night in the city, the prowler, like a jazz mm-hmm. heavy score. Yeah, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. I really like the voice of the uh, Mugwump and mm. other characters. I like that it was the same yeah, voice yeah. for every single one of them, even though they were like different characters. Because it's almost, yeah. it, it's almost like bringing this element of like internal dialogue in a sense clearly something in his head yeah it adds a bit of like sense to it mm-hmm. so you can sort of like break it down and kind of figure out a little bit if you if you if you are like ralph and you just went in completely blind <laughs> it gives you little th- little keys little details that you can keep track of and try and understand bits about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i watched this uh with i think like four other people and everybody really enjoyed it Nobody uh, nobody was, oh, nice. like, disappointed or pissed off by it, although I could imagine, you know, depending on the type of person, <laughs> there, there's people that would probably just be like, this is bullshit. It's not a movie for everybody, obviously, but I thought it was great. Yeah, you'll probably know if you're going to like it yeah. after the first scene with a, like, puppet monster thing. If you say like, there's a that, talking butthole. That sells you. <laughs> that'll weed out a lot <laughs> of people. It's going to work for you or it's not. <laughs> if you yeah. can handle a talking butthole, then... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I don't even have much more beyond that because it is just it is one of those experience movies on top of the the backstory element mm-hmm. where over time you will probably read more and more into it. Maybe even read the original book because it's been recommended to me before. But I don't know, I don't know how you could resist even reading up about the film after watching it. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something and then I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> well, I'm you dying. Get to the ratings. If we, <laughs> yeah, let's do that. We're all shitting okay. our brains. Well, I liked it. I didn't know what to get out of it really, but it was thoroughly entertaining. I would like to see it again at some point. I'm gonna give it a three out of five for now. Mm-hmm. I'm giving... um, Sorry, I I I couldn't decide on a on a number rating particularly. Um, it doesn't really matter that much at the end of the day to me. But I I reckon a four stars or maybe potentially a, a five if um. If I like it the same amount on a rewatch, yeah, I'd uh, I give it an eight out of ten. How would you guys say this compares to other Cronenberg movies? Because I enjoyed this one more well, than any it. other one that I've seen. Honestly, he made History of Violence, yeah. right? I think that's my favorite one. Yeah, from him. That would probably what be my second favorite. I think. Did he do The Fly? Yeah, he did yeah, The he Fly. Did the I wasn't yeah. a huge I fan love of the that. Fly. I love The Fly so much. And yeah, that's like a I great horror movie in that it's mostly just a character study. And then the last 10 minutes, it becomes that horrific 
grotesque Cronenberg yeah. that you know. Yeah. <laughs> but most of it is just about Jeff Goldblum and like how yeah. power kind of corrupts him. It's fucking excellent. Mm. It's so good. But it, it's like it's not. It's, it's linear. It's not like a yeah, very there. different. Yeah, like like exactly. Very different. <laughs> but at the end, it becomes a bug. <laughs> yeah. it's very, That's what's like, fucking 80s. crazy about it. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets. Sh- well, I, I don't want to. Yeah, no spoiling. It's it's one of those pop culture yeah. movies. Like I, th- you're spoiled for the movie yeah. by watching like. An well, you know of he's going to become a fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah the like fly part is yeah. is the spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for the recommendation. Thoroughly enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'm really glad I watched it, finally. Yeah. Uh, question time? Right, let's move on to some questions from the sardine community. Huh? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone like comment that, like, um, by the way, guys, uh, sardine is probably a bit nicer than sard because <laughs> sard might be construed a certain way. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to leave your own questions for us to answer, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit where there's a uh, suggestion thread that Ralph will pin where you can leave us a question asking whatever we want, whatever you want. Let's start with this one. Um, it's only for Adam, but I think um, it, will be, it will be an interesting discussion. No, 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 trust me. From Santiago1106. Hey Adam, can you explain bagged milk? Oh, that's like a that's like an Eastern <laughs> Canada thing. So it's not like you not have bagged milk where you are. No, I I don't think I don't think most of Canada does that actually. There's like what is some it, places really? in Ontario. Is it, is well, it like look shanking? it up. Like do a Google search. Basic. <laughs> so instead of like cartons okay. in grocery stores, they sell milks. So, pff, milk in bags, in bag. like like a kind of like a plastic. <laughs> oh, for like the environment, yeah. Or something? I no, I like don't know. Mm, <laughs> that would be a bad excuse. <laughs> plastic bags yeah. for the environment. I'm just trying to figure out um, why. No, why yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Bag. I don't yeah, know why advantage? it's a thing. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> like you can't close it properly. <laughs> so you've never seen you've never seen bagged milk in the wild. I, I've seen it Canada. at a grocery store in Eastern Canada, I think. But uh, yeah, it's not—it's not like super common. But it's <laughs> like Canada is like the only place that does it. So like I've seen pictures of people storing it. So you'd have like um, <laughs> like one of those kind of like I guess oval shaped juice jugs or whatever like a plastic juice jug and then you put the plastic bag yeah. in the juice jug and then snip off the corner and then like then you can pour it but then i'm thinking like <laughs> then you just need like a, a clip or something to, to keep it sealed you don't want to just leave the milk exposed yeah that entire time yeah. i don't get it either what's wrong with the recyclable carton there's nothing wrong <laughs> with a recyclable it, carton at all <laughs> i don't understand why it's, it's a thing better. i'm i'm as that's the biggest problem so apparently the advantage is cheaper to produce and oh. easier to store. They're stackable easier and take to up store. less space. As if you like how much milk am I keeping in my fridge? Easier to I guess store. I guess for warehouses. I guess for the grocery stores. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for the grocery stores it's better, not for is, me. Is there like a lot of milk uh, related uh, cuisine in Canada or something <laughs> that you need like to store uh, vast amounts of milk? I don't think so. I think I think the French use more milk in their cuisine than yeah. Canadians. So I have no idea. I have no. I, I couldn't even tell you which specific provinces have seal. it, but I don't think it's a lot. I, I think most of Canada does That's not crazy. have bagged milk. 
It's <laughs> so funny to me. It is bizarre. <laughs> like that, I don't get it. That's one of the most famous things about Canada for some reason. Yeah. It's just the bad <laughs> milk thing. <laughs> just why? <laughs> doesn't doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Comment below if you can justify bagged milk. <laughs> yeah, genuinely, I want to see that. Okay, seeing as that one was aimed for Adam, let's do an inverse one that's uh, <gasps> for me and Ralph more so. The Earth Show asks, Alex and Ralph, what are your favorite movies that Adam has given a 6 out of 10? Oh, God. <laughs> That's funny. Let's see. I've got an answer if you hmm. want to think, Ralph, for a minute. There's yeah, a lot to look. choose from. You want to like, go through my IMDb ratings or something? I, I think I can actually filter it for you guys. <laughs> well, I can go on Letterboxd and like, oh, yeah, see Letterboxd. your ratings yeah, you under it. Because someone, it's not, you, didn't, you don't run it. It's like no. an unofficial thing. It's like right. a fantasy, but it's the same yeah. ratings. Yeah, exactly. So I could just do that. Yeah. The obvious choice for me is Spider-Verse. I, I love that movie. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to say, is Spider-Verse, what did you give that, 6 out of 10? Yeah, I gave it a 6. A 6. I'm comfortable mm -hmm. with that rating. I'm sure. very comfortable with it. <laughs> and you should be. We love it, though. It's closer to a 7 and than a 5. And you're wrong. My opinion is right. You're wrong. <gasps> nitpicking. <laughs> That's right, dude. You are nitpicking and biased. I win. Bye-bye. That's the meme. Yes. That's <laughs> That's uh, the main one for me. Like, I can't really think of any others that are like, I can't believe he's done this. Type <laughs> sort of stuff. For a while, people were really pissed off that, at my 6 out of 10 for Apocalypse Now, but that's because I only saw the Redux version when I was, like, 15, and it was, like, three and a half hours right. long or some bullshit. So I watched the, <laughs> I watched the uh, final cut in theaters mm -hmm. when it came out recently, and I bumped it up to a 7. And I feel like if I watched the theatrical cut, I would probably give it an eight. Mm. I feel I feel I don't, the, I don't, I don't understand. Some of those scenes don't need to be there, but a lot of it's really great. I like I like First Reformed. I think way more than you did. I think I gave that at least a seven. Yeah, I think you gave it a seven. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Spider Verse is a good answer. Spider Verse. Sticking with that. Yeah. Do you what? What's the six out of ten you got the most backlash for at the top of your head? Most backlash for? Uh, mm. That's a good question. First um, thing in your head. Well, it would it. I mean, Toy Story 3 is one that I think I gave a 6 out of 10. I think Inside Out. Mm. I don't know. I might have given that one a 5, actually. Do people get upset about like 6 out of 10s? Yeah, because. Like, I don't think that's as it, common. To, to, if you my rating system's yeah, a little different. <laughs> You know, and so people see six mm -hmm. out of ten as like super negative for some reason because they're used to IGN ratings where everything's a nine, <laughs> everything's or else nine. it's terrible. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not even worth getting if it's an eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like there's some there's some <laughs> six out of ten movies that I really really enjoy. There's some six out of ten movies that I don't enjoy that much, but you know, I try to I try to have my rating be you know a mix of not just personal enjoyment, but what I think are like the, um, you know, like the technical qualities, mm. like the elements of the film, the acting, music, cinematography, writing, etc. And I can understand that even if something really, really works for those elements, that doesn't mean that I'm going to connect to it personally. It usually ends up being superhero movies. People get the oh, most, yeah. like, passionate A about. lot of superhero movies. No, regardless of the rating, yeah. unless you love it. Are there any other types of movies now? Well, that's just what movies were. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think people were really you know, upset at a 6 out of 10 now. for, I think, uh, Captain America, the third one, whatever that was. 
Civil War. Civil War. I was going to say Infinity War. I yeah. knew that wasn't the right title. There's <laughs> a few different wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Civil War was, I think I gave that one a 6 out of 10. People were mad when I changed my Joker rating to a 6 out of 10, but you guys all gave it a 6. So. Yeah. Yeah, we got shit for that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people weren't happy about that one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just like, you don't have to agree with every single thing we say. Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can like whatever you like. Yeah. How do you stomach people that you disagree with? <laughs> people you disagree with are the enemy. Damn That's why you listen to other people, though, right? So you can hear something different. I only ever listen yeah, to myself. I listen to. <laughs> yeah. People that, like, Life would be pretty boring then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just a feedback loop. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. You want someone to tell you that Gemini Man is a great movie. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people also get pissed off at my 6 out of 10 rating is, is because it is a fairly common rating that I give. But it actually makes sense well, cause when you think about it. Well, because most movies are just good. Well, I, I would say most yeah, movies yeah, are probably a lot worse. But the types of okay. movies that I watch, the types of movies that will make it to theaters and I see an ad or I know enough about it that actually it's interesting to me and I want to see what it's like, most of those aren't going to be five or lower, right? Mm -hmm. Chances are I'm good enough at knowing what I'll enjoy that that things will be at least, you know, a bit above the bar, even if they're not, like, exceptional. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I can see that. I think it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Okay. Obvious communist has one for us. (laughs) Are there any movies that you may have enjoyed at one point, but now are ruined due to memes or controversy, etc.? Hmm. I've had this happen a couple of times to me. Yeah. The, the meme one. Even before this new Joker movie came out, um, Heath Ledger's Joker started getting memed really heavily um, a couple of years ago. It sort of began. Like, because the, like, the, the gamer um, memes, like, really rose to, to fame around there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, like, Joker thing was tied in. And then it it was kind of distracting to me when I rewatched The Dark Knight like a year ago. <laughs> I, was like, I just couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't. It it didn't like ruin the movie, but it was just there in the back of my mind always a little bit. These fucking stupid Joker memes. And the same happened for the new movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't really. Uh, I don't really get too bothered by uh, memes. I guess. I don't. What about think controversy I do. then? Controversy. Well, like, have you rewatched a Kevin Spacey movie yet? I, I really, I, I'm able LA to just like ignore those parts. Really, I'm I'm able to to watch mm-hmm. a film in a way where I'm not like even if I do acknowledge it, even if I'm thinking, uh, man, that guy's a creepy pedo or something. <laughs> like, I I can still <laughs> enjoy Polanski <laughs> movies. You know, I watched uh, Rosemary's Baby recently, and that was awesome. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. it before, but it doesn't really it doesn't really bother me that much. I'm usually able to separate art from the artist, aside from. Uh, Maybe a couple minor cases. I mentioned this before on the podcast. Yeah, we talked about this. But yeah, like Chris the, Brown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actors Although I have. I never like, really enjoyed his stuff in the first place. Like, like an actor in a movie, who cares? It's just someone doing a job. They're reading lines. Mm-hmm. And it's there's also like, more yeah, people that made the movie is a big factor. Yeah, there's tons of people. Yeah. So to act like it's one voice. Yeah. And it's like this one, oh, one pedophile made this movie and that's it. So don't watch it. It's a little... It's simplifying it a little bit. Yeah, when they're already multi-millionaires, I, I like it's like, are you really hurting Kevin them? Kevin Spacey's <laughs> in it. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Spacey's in it for like a decent amount, but he's just he's acting. 
he's playing a character it's like okay it's not that distracting <laughs> yeah and he's like if you Kevin remove Spacey the fact the that he's a creep behind the scenes like yeah he's a really it's just actor. a guy who got paid to do a job he's an actor he got paid to yeah act. it's like i don't know if you, fi- <laughs> if you find out that the person that somebody like made some life-saving cancer cure but they were also a pedophile do you just throw away the cancer cure like <laughs> like i don't know you can still <laughs> yeah. appreciate guess, things even if, if my plumber if my plumber was like a murderer or something or terrible i wouldn't undo the plumbing in my house i wouldn't undo all yeah. the work he did <laughs> the writer of the the novel of the film we just talked about murdered someone and has most this is true done worse so yeah i mean <laughs> yeah he can't bother us that and much, we gave but... his film glowing reviews yeah Meanwhile, there's tons of nice people like Will Smith and M. Night Shyamalan, and we give their movies horrible no. reviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about controversies like um, the like with Life of Pi, for example, with the, the that pissed like, me off. Animators like, being horrifically underpaid and so yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. The animation studio did, did going that, bankrupt. Did that affect your views on the actual film, though? Or no. How did you deal with that one? I, f- yeah. I think it's separate. Because no, their separate work was still amazing. Yeah, they did a fantastic mm-hmm. job. It's just yeah. it sucks what happened to them. Um, when it's like sausage party or something, where the movie comes out so bad, yeah, it's and it's like <laughs> yeah, or like you learn they tortured those animation people. Apparently, they overworked them and paid them not as much mm-hmm. as they should have. And the movie just came out like a big piece of shit because the stars and the writers just didn't give a fuck about the actual it's product. So bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that case is way more annoying to me. Yeah, it really. Uh... Very, very rare that I'm my experience of an art form is going to be influenced by that type of thing. I think it's more common for music for me because what they're selling mm-hmm. is it's supposed to be some sort of like honest reflection. And if the veil is lifted and you know, if, if what they're selling is kind of like contradictory to who they are as a person, it's like, okay, well, I, I don't believe this anymore. I don't believe what you're saying yeah. in this song, you know, mm-hmm. so that that can have an impact. But, you know, a fictional narrative is something entirely different. It can affect the outcome of the movie, too. Yeah. Like if everyone's arguing on set and there's like controversy, like I guess with Fantastic Four, then the, the movie's just going to come out bad. <laughs> it's Every out bad classic novel shows. before <laughs> whatever year, you know, <laughs> probably <laughs> written by a bunch of homophobes if we're gonna be honest you know like mm-hmm. there's yeah, a, you definitely. can't just throw away everything i don't think mm. you can still appreciate things even if people are terrible yeah okay <laughs> wow look at that <laughs> <laughs> this is deep uh, we have uh two questions from different people that can just go into each other because the first one okay. is just for ralph but i think people would would appreciate um, his brief thoughts on this from the corniest Lima, who asks, Ralph, what do you think of Mr. Robot season four so far? The people must know. Ooh, it's, well, I want to stay silent on it. Are you enjoying it? But I am really enjoying it. Uh, I'm saying silent because there's an episode that recently came out that was all no dialogue. Like there was no dialogue in the episode. It was a silent episode. Mm. And that was phenomenal. How they were that able sounds to pull it off. And there's like, yeah, there's really impressive like technical things going on, and the score in that episode was incredible. But like overall, it's kind of it hasn't won me over completely yet because it's yeah. doing something very different. It's more of a 
it's goofier and it's more like a Christmas. Everyone, <laughs> every character huh. is like dealing with their demons in a Christmas themed like special. Weird. It's very bizarre. <laughs> yes. So it is like very sentimental and corny, but it works because it's Christmas. And there's also this hacker plot going on. And the the actual story has gotten so insane that it's like some fucking Illuminati level shit is going on and Elliot needs to stop it. So it is pretty good so far. Uh, I want to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think people appreciate that. And to expand yeah. on the this TV sort of... Uh theme naju 34 asks do you think it's possible for tv shows to overtake bigger budget movies in the future as in they reach a point in which they're equal or superior in quality it's already happening replace them yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> you, you can choose the irishman is incredible mm-hmm. that's not it yeah it's a netflix movie coming out yeah but that's netflix we're talking about it. i guess shows, though right like miniseries yeah i guess i i guess i was thinking more like streaming you know, just like no. these, these studios are not going to be the the big boys in town anymore. You're going to be able to watch great movies and series, just big budget on Amazon or Netflix. They're making a Lord of the Rings show right now. Yeah. That costs half a billion dollars yeah. <laughs> on Amazon. Yeah. And that's like, going to be that fucking Witcher show crazy. As well. Yeah. A the Witcher, Witcher show coming out. This like a yeah, big fantasy thing. Uh, there is no recently. film that costs that much money. So <laughs> I'm really yeah, looking yeah. forward to what they're yeah, going to so do. Am I. It's, it's yeah. a fascinating because when it, when it can be done right, it, I find it more satisfying just in terms of like, you can have way more in-depth plots. You can have much more character development. There's a lot you can do in a, in a mm-hmm. season of a TV show. And with the production, like it is catching up to the point where you have, like I've mentioned it a couple of times in the last few episodes, but that like Dark Crystal Netflix show, like the production on that was so impressive to me. Yeah. Like, I can't. It, it looked so expensive. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah, and it looked better than it, Doctor for Sleep. For more like, yeah, 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 exactly. But, but I, I, yeah, I was blown away by, by that show in particular. But then if you are looking for more like serious, dramatic things, you have like Mindhunter, there's, well, you've got Mr. Robot. There's so much choice yeah. and so much of it is is excellent and a lot better in a lot of ways than some of some of the films uh well a lot of the films that are coming out especially when we're seeing the disneyfication of everything and that, that those kinds of smaller stories now have they've been pushed into a different space somewhat mm-hmm. and yeah. they're really they're really able to be explored because we're we're right in the middle of this these streaming wars and there's just so much money being pumped into all these like creators so you do get like some some of this wacky stuff that you wouldn't see on the big screen kind of being explored to the same quality or even better on yeah. places yeah. like that. It's just a different format. The technology's gotten so good now. It's just that a different you can structure. Film these, yeah, you can film these epic things and it looks, you know, excellent because our, our technology is capable of it now. The cameras at this point, like digital looks just as good as film if you mm-hmm. color correct it right. So mm. there's there's no excuse. <laughs> you could do fucking anything on television now, and that was not that's not the way it was 15 years ago. We were very limited. Just in, HBO. In so it's exciting. Yeah, HBO, and you would have to pump tons of money into that shit. Yeah. Even your latest project, Ralph, is uh, spans oh, yes. multiple episodes. Golden Hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. three episodes, and we made it for seven thousand dollars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because it's there like it's not a it's not a testament to me. It's a testament to the all of us and the technology that you can just do something like shoot it all on the street 
and it looks good and you don't have to spend much money on it to to get it to look good because mm-hmm. it's just gotten to that point it's yeah exciting time yeah yeah there will be a point like 15 20 years down the road where independent creators will just be able to make like these movie like like big budget movie quality stuff with no money because mm-hmm. like the ronins will just that get that good and and like the lenses will get that good we're so, using the uh, gh5 yeah, yeah. gh5s okay. yeah, which is like two thousand dollars right the body you yeah. have to get lenses too yeah um but yeah exactly like like there's no anyone can do that you could just go make a show and put it on youtube right now for five thousand dollars <laughs> yeah that's great you couldn't do that 10 years ago mm-hmm. yeah, making a no budget ago. music video look is good. looks pretty good so far yeah excellent a lot of tedious editing but yeah i think um <laughs> i think that's we're pretty much at that point where you know the television series and films are comparable there's great and bad examples of both so mm-hmm. game of thrones i think was groundbreaking in that just the scale of it the writing went to shit but mm-hmm. it really is impressive to see the scale of like the sets and how many extras and and characters there are in it and the big battles it, yeah it was more it's... impressive than a lot of fantasy in cinema in the last few years yeah just on a 100%. production standpoint mm-hmm and you also were way more invested in those characters. So when those battles exactly, did yeah. happen, it's like movie quality battles with that character development of television, that slow burn, mm-hmm. like you said. And it's it's really satisfying. People are really engaged in that shit. Not in the same way as they are in movies now. All right, one more question. Yeah. Okay, let's end with this one then from Dog 7171 You boys have expressed your distaste for tonal shifts within films many times, so I'm interested to know if you can think of any examples of an effective shift in tone, atmosphere, or even style within a film. Thanks, Sardonicates? What? Uh, Yeah, any Korean movie, really. (laughs) Like, like Thirst. (laughs) You're right. Parasite Parasite did an excellent job with that. Um, it, the only th- when I get bothered by tonal shifts, it's not like oh, it's attempting more than one tone. It's just when it it's either contradictory or just plain doesn't work, or when one of them is done great and the other's done poorly. You know, it, yeah. it just has to. Sometimes it has it's to not be purposeful. It's right? just yeah, it just feels like in the editing room, someone didn't know what they were doing. So there's like these comedy moments mixed with serious shit. I feel like most of the time it's just an accident. I'll look at my letterbox list. What were you saying, Alex? You said uh, one. Danny Boyle has a lot of uh-huh. films that do this. Uh, mm-hmm. 28 Days Later um, is kind of a zombie movie for most of it, and then it turns into like a, a, a th- more of a thriller at the end mm-hmm. with the, the army camp or whatever it is. And Sunshine. the same with uh, Sunshine, yeah, that, that does almost the inverse. It's like a sci-fi thriller, and then it sort of turns into horror. From mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember that happening. Um, and I'm sure there are a few more in his, in his library. He's got some quite good examples of it. Yeah, as long as everything's done well, tonal shift isn't a bad thing. Yeah, uh, I guess the most common thing that makes these shifts kind of fall on their face is is often when humor is interjected, and it's like really doesn't work if the comedy yeah, that's doesn't the thing. end. That's Korean movies one. do that really, really well. It like yeah. doesn't take that's away point, from the yeah. dramatic serious elements at all even to have those comedic how do they do that it's just well presented and well written you know like the i i I think that if comedy winds up taking away from the more serious elements of a movie 
either it's because the comedy is just poorly written and it doesn't work and it just makes you hate the movie or the mm-hmm. serious elements weren't all that amazing to begin with anyway if all it takes is you know a different tone in other parts of the film to make you not take the whole thing seriously anymore it really depends on yeah. how it's done i, I think david lynch does it well balancing the comedy and the, mm-hmm. the serious stuff i think like uh all of his movies do that but like lost highway i think it's probably the best one which literally becomes like a different movie halfway through it focuses on two totally different characters <laughs> like an hour into the movie yeah uh, but it was great it was really interesting and it made sense so it just it depends depends who's doing it oh yeah i'm with you I'm trying to think of more examples the death of dick long it's, is yeah, surprisingly kind of dark <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. is uh, really, really it, funny, in my opinion. What are you saying, Alex? Yeah, it's the type of thing like you notice in the moment, but it's hard to even recall like specific yeah. examples. All right. Yeah, leave your best in the comments. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking through a list now, trying to, trying to find more. I just fell back on David Lynch, as usual. That's a good answer. Yeah, he does the best. All right. That's it for question time. So I believe Ralph has a recommendation mm. for That's us. That's right. Is it for, are we having the guests on next yes. episode or is this? Okay. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to wreck a movie <laughs> from 1970, I believe, for another Nicholas Rogue movie who directed Don't Look Now. It's called Performance mm-hmm. and Mick Jagger's in it. <laughs> it's a crime musical avant-garde film it's psychedelic it's considered one of the best films to come out of uh uk okay of the century so interesting it is an iconic film at first it was shunned because no one liked it but (laughs) it has gained a following so Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to incite it's pretty easy i think It's I on, it, but I think it's uh, yeah, it's on iTunes and Amazon in the U.S. Oh, brilliant! And I guess okay, if it's great. like a a U.K. film, I'd be surprised to find out it wasn't available in the U.K. But you never know; <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could never happen. Know. All right. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled for performance 1970, make sure to watch it before the next episode. Uh, next episode, we'll be having a uh, special guest. Somebody who's been requested a few times. Uh, Super Mario 2. Donkey. (laughs) (laughs) We got Donkey. We already made a Donkey reference earlier in this podcast. Yeah. Very quotable. Very excited. Halo 3, baby. (laughs) 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 I'm just curious to to hear what he has to say about performance. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what movie yeah, I'm it's in definitely, for. So and it, it, it will incite discussion. Okay. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> if you want to support the show, sardonicast.com, sign up for premium, $2 a month. We'll get you these episodes early when they're e- edited. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Same thing. Also, we got merch. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Yeah, thank you. And Thanks, everybody. Get hyped for Donkey. Donkey hype next episode. <laughs> in the meantime let's recharge because we're all a bit brain I, yeah, yeah yeah i'm fucking <laughs> i'm gonna either get sleep before the next episode or have a red bull it won't be the day after this my sunday stream next time though i was playing death stranding and uh untitled goose game oh connecting all those strands 
Nice. Yeah. I was trying to 100% the goose game, and I did, but I was up pretty late doing it. Takes that, like so. two hours, isn't it? Well, it's two hours on the main story, and then another, like, I guess oh, right. okay. three or so if you want to 100% it. But anyway, thank you guys so much. Bye-bye. See you, Bye. buddy.